Hello and welcome to Shoot the Piano Player, a French New Wave podcast. I'm your host Spencer, and with me is uh, J Dog. And uh, this movie, for a special episode, is, is pretty special. And uh, I could I I wrote up some some lines, but I have no like a uh, good jokey line to get in get into this one. That's when and jump right in. Um, sure. Yeah. So uh, this is uh, maybe for March. Uh, April, I haven't really decided. Probably March. And this is a special episode on the movie Soleil O, which is uh, Met Hondo's first uh, feature. And uh, I just wanted to. And, well, well uh, and actually, I, it wasn't originally planned. It was one of our one of the two guests uh, messaged me, like, uh, hey, this is kind of French New Wave. And I was like, well, that's good enough for me, so why not? <laughs> <laughs> So um, the first, so uh, we have returning from last season, Mtume and um, uh, Marcus. What's Hello. up? What's up, y'all? What's How y'all doing? Uh, we're doing pretty good. Uh, thanks for um, uh, wanting to be on this episode, and also Mtume, thank you for even mentioning uh, this one because I never even thought of uh, including the Mad Hondo movie. Yeah, takes place in France. French yeah, movie. yeah, and it, it definitely that time period, so. yeah, it's definitely that 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 imprint on it. You could tell, and yeah, but it, I think it also has that feel. Yeah, but then I, you know, I, I, we'll talk about it. I, I, in some ways, I actually think it, um, some of the political aims a lot of those films claimed to have, I think it actually outdoes them in that way, mm. in, yeah. in terms of politics and like you know, political application in cinema. Yeah, and uh, first, uh, Joel, had you even heard of this movie? Before I told you, we're doing this. Pretty sure I haven't. No, maybe it. Maybe when I was like scanning the, uh, um, Scorsese World Cinema like box sets, I probably mm. saw it, and, and I just thought, okay, you know, I don't know any of these. Okay, that's fine. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Yeah. For me, oh. <laughs> for me, Med Hondo was one of those names that when I got into African movies, uh, I learned about like uh, Mbeti and. Um, uh, some been, and you know, and like the some of the other big names, Idrissa, the uh, the guy who did Talai. I'm not sure how to say his name still. Um, so like those those people, and Med Hondo was the one, uh, one of a few names where it's like, well, I'll probably never see one of his movies because they're kind of impossible to find. And uh, thank God for um. um uh, for Scorsese restoring this and it's making sure that uh, you know some people so that you know people can actually see um, Soleil O finally and um, Mtume Marcus uh, what are you guys is um, uh, history with this movie I so it's a weird film that like I had heard about maybe the first time about seven or eight years ago um, but it was one of those movies that would be a part of like say like you know a screening series here in New York and it'd have like one night and it'd be the night you couldn't go. You know what I'm saying? Like it'd be the one night that you got to go do something. And it's just mm-hmm. like, are you serious? I just can't, I'm not going to be able to see it. Oh, and, um, there was, cause, and I knew there was a 35 million uh, millimeter print that was in New York that like always got played. And I remember I was really pissed cause Bam was showing it. Um, shout out to Ashley Clark. He was playing it. And I was like, and I would, wanted to go see it and like i i couldn't go that night i was i was working or something 
And then there was a restoration I know that had happened, um, and Film Form ended up playing it for a few. Like, like, they did they did like about three or four screenings, and I made myself, and I, w- I went with a couple of friends to go see it, and I finally got a chance to see it, and I was absolutely in love. So when I heard uh, Scorsese was gonna do the, actually I don't know if I saw a restoration or if it, you know I think it was restored when I saw it. I can't remember it for some reason. I don't know why. Um, but um, but I'm, I'm I'm happy that Scorsese helped bring that out to Blu-ray and you know and for people and be on Criterion Channel too. All right, uh, Marcus, you. I'm pretty sure I heard about this movie from him to me, um, like a while back. Then forgot about it, and then um, <clears throat> Film Forum was playing it, uh, 2019. Yeah. I think. And then I saw it the opening weekend when they were doing this 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 run. I actually saw it when um. Have you, have, you, have you guys ever had John Lobinger on the show from Film Baby Film uh, Podcast? Um, no, we haven't. Uh, when, when, when he first moved to New York, actually, like as soon as he got here, he was like, hey, I'm here, I'm, I, I live here, and I was like, hey, if you want to meet up, let's go to Film Forum and see this movie, and we ended up seeing it there, and then like immediately, as soon as I was done, like the train ride home, I started writing notes about like how, like this review, because like it, it, so many movies, uh like kind of resonate from it um i don't know if you see if anyone's seen uh it's kind of a fe- it was a festival film this this belgian film called the invader from 2011 it's mm-hmm. really similar right down to like the interracial dynamics the racism the african immigrant being in in france and just various like kind of throughout the, the the throughout the film he's just kind of roaming par- uh he's roaming belgium and he's just kind of like slowly kind of losing his mind or just like losing you know he's kind of getting more and more a little unhinged and it really reminded me of the main character in Soleo um yeah again it's it's one of those things like, I don't even know why I'm recommending the invader cuz just one of those films that's like really difficult to come by um but but it is very good yeah when i was watching this uh like the first thing that came to mind was um just like there are so many uh, black films from this time that are like very political and uh and, and like very artful that I immediately thought of so like uh, black girl space is a place Gondrin has mm-hmm. spook us oh, up yeah, by sure. a door tookie bookie watermelon man story of a three-day pass chameleon street um i got and nothing but a man a little bit too where it's mm-hmm. like it really falls into that canon of these very like powerful uh like uh more art house like quote unquote like black film that are all kind of harder to come by but it's just like a little subgenre of film that like for me hits a real sweet spot sure mm-hmm. yeah oh definitely nothing but a man yeah that was a good yeah good call yeah yeah, and I think uh, Mohamed Talah Haroun has seen this because his last movie, A Season in France, definitely has some crossover. I, I thought th- of, I th- it's funny, when I, I rewatched uh, Soleil this morning, um, and I thought about A Season in France because I watched it like six months ago. So, like, I it immediately popped into my head that I was, like, I was wondering how much, you know, he thought about Soleil when he did A Season in France. Yeah, and also Haroun, uh, you know, uh, was an immigrant from uh from chad yeah so like this movie probably re- resonated with him on a personal level yeah because he because uh he went he moved to france in like 81 or 82 right before the the dictator took over i can't remember his name offhand 
Mm-hmm. Mm. Oh, I never saw that. Oh, with Sandrine Bonnier. Oh, I never. I know. Ah, uh, yeah. I never got a chance to see that. Yeah, I think I need to watch that. I got they they well. would also be interesting films to just watch, you know, in kind of contrast because you're thinking about like you know, so Leia was like talking about the kind of not 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 the beginning, but the kind of you know, the the like like the middle of it, you know, of, of, of like the first wave, or like the second third wave of like these people coming into of black people coming into France, and then like you know, you get thirty something forty years later with um with a season in France and like the long tradition. You know, like what's the same? What's different? You know, what I'm saying how that legacy has 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 continued on. It's very interesting to think about those two films in contrast. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And and Haroon's um uh, sex comedy, um immigration comedy, um what was it called? The TV movie he did. It's on Google. No, it's on a uh, yeah Google Play. It's the only place you can see it. I think. Uh, uh sex okra and salted butter. Also, okay. like feels, I've never seen that. Mm. Uh, it's very different from everything else because it's a comedy, but mm-hmm. um, deals with like all the same stuff that 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 have you seen a Haroon movie, like you know the Ooh. stuff he's interested in. Oh, uh, interesting. But uh, Joel, how? Uh, well, uh, mm. well, did did you like this movie? Uh, what, what what are your general thoughts on it? Well, I gotta say, this is the first movie we've watched for this pod- this iteration of the podcast that I was like, this is just, this is just terrible. I can't believe you're making... I'm just kidding. <laughs> I just wanted to momentarily shock people. <laughs> um, frankly, when I finished the movie, uh, according to the letterbox scale, I was going to give it five stars. Mm-hmm. Because this is one of the best movies I've ever seen in my life. <laughs> and it's completely personal. I'm not saying that if you, you know, set the expectation for somebody who would listen to this and then try to watch the movie, uh, that may not be your experience. But for me, the the po- the politics of it, the uh, the stylization of the of the filmmaking, and the you know the use of the way he was using the symbolism and like doing out these little acts like clicked with me so much better than any other political film practically that I've ever seen has ever hmm. done I was like this is a fucking masterpiece like this is it now I gave it four out of five, four and a half stars out of mm-hmm. five because I like to rewatch a movie before I completely decide <laughs> it is actually perfect but uh, oh, okay like uh, because I haven't I, I have watched some of the films you guys were talking about uh, Sarah specifically mentioned uh, uh, three day pass is that yeah. Mhm. Uh and um the one I kept thinking Definitely of story of a three pass. Yeah. Yeah, story of three days. That's a, and um I was thinking two of my favorite movies that I've seen since I started being crazy about films is Z and mm-hmm. Hands Over the City. Yeah. And, and those are both these like dark humor political commentary things and I was like this not only takes that but makes it also incredibly personal and incredibly spanning for the experience of these immigrants coming over to France and it's like I'm sorry it's like I I feel like an idiot talking about it because Uh I've looked at uh, the best painting I'm ever going to (laughs) see yeah I'm in a similar boat like I love 
Like, I love this movie. I will rewatch it. But I had to stop halfway through because even though it's darkly funny, I was genuinely just getting angry because, like, well, nothing has changed that much. Nope. Nope. Yeah. And yeah. like, and like, I think all of us, like, like all of us are, are people of color. All of us have have experienced uh, something in this movie, and it's like, god damn it, like, like it was just a, a little frustrating, which I think was you, also part of the point. Sure, but but you know that, what like, though, that, like, you know, it's. Oh, sorry. I didn't mean to cut you up. I was just saying it's like this kind of, you know, in a way, no matter how old I, I get, because I'm American, because I'm a Black American, and coming up watching movies. You just always are tunnel vision on like the Black American racist experience, so it all it, it's always gonna surprise me when it's like in another predominantly white country when it's just like oh I guess they went through the same thing too, but also <clears throat> more so between college and my adult life, it, it, it it's difficult to to compare racism in different countries and regions, but but a lot of non-Black Americans like a, a, a black Black people who aren't like African American or, or American really do kind of downplay <clears throat> some, like, like the racism. And I feel, you know, because it's like, hey, there, there's no KKK over here, so it's not that bad. And it's always like, no, I, I, do you even know what you're talking about? Like, do you know your history? Like, there's massacres. There's been massacres in France. There's been massacres in England, like, all over the world, like, like, like in modern times. So it always, like, it does no matter what, like, it shouldn't surprise me, but just like this, like, in, there's this little sequence uh, or montage, whatever you want to call it, in Soleil when he's roaming the streets, he's looking for work, and you see these signs like "Blacks need not apply," like "No, no, no blacks." And it's kind of like it's so juvenile and naive, but it's just like, oh, they went through the same, like, well, not the same, but it's just like, oh, they experienced this too. So it's it's very it's 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 weird how like white on black racism will always just be so kind of like generalized and associated with just America. So it's it's interesting, and especially a film that you know we've discussed. This movie came out in '70, but it was made in the '60s. So I think that's like an interesting look, and it it, it kind of ties into like something more recent, like Small Axe, where it's showing like the, the that that experience, mm-hmm. you know, in the in you know in the UK as well. So yeah, yeah, it was it was interesting for me because like you know I haven't been trying to see this film for like years, and it was kind of like mm-hmm. it kind of became this like built up film for me that I was like that was going to be impossible to live up to, you know, almost. And it actually exceeded my expectations. I think because I, for some reason, I wasn't, I I was not expecting a film that I felt was so stylistically dynamic. It was, it's just so like, it takes the best of what, you know, Godard and those were trying to do with um, form in cinema at the time, a lot of those movies, which I, you know, I like those films, but the the thing about, um, Hondo is this is coming like like people have mentioned it coming from a real personal place while like you know Godard and them they're you know they're white and they're like looking at it from afar a lot of the political situation they're not the vanguard of of, of really it but you know Hondo's coming from the real emotional place of what this is and really having a bigger stake and he really put it into it and I was just, you know, and also, like, you know, I come from a theater, like, Brechtian type, you know, form. It's something that I'm really into, and this film is full of it. So it just had, like, all the things that I wanted. Plus, you know, I lived in Europe for a while. As Marcus knows, Marcus used to come visit me. So (laughs) it was interesting because some of those things, while different, I, 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 I had experienced 
some of those similar moments like the the scene towards the end with the kids i've seen stuff like that like in in homes in, in like spain where i lived like you know i would just see um there's this scene, you know, people don't think seen it of, of, of these kids on just basically doing whatever they want, you know, and kind of showing, you know, the power of like young white kids have. And I was just like, I've seen this actual thing happen, you know, and it's like it, I, I, I've had that yell and that scream, you know, here, Europe, wherever. So the the film, when I saw that film forum was like an exorcism. I was like, I, I left that, that that movie theater like, oh, my freaking God, like. And then, and then I, I got mad. I was like, "How is this movie like not talked about?" Like, I, I, it, 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 I was like, "This is the most criminally underseen great film ever." I was like, totally bugged out. Yeah, that's that's how I feel too. I I've watched something recently that I also was like, "Aren't people? Why aren't people yelling this?" Which was uh, old boyfriends. Which oh, great nothing. movie! Exactly. Yeah, really great movie. Yeah, I saw that like this past year during the pandemic. Maybe even before that, actually. That yeah. was a really good movie. Yeah. Yeah. Another which one... movie? I'm sorry. What? 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 Old boyfriends by uh, J- oh yeah Joan Tewksbury, right? Who yes. who who wrote? Na- she wrote Nashville, right? Mm. Yeah. She, oh, she oh this movie with Talia Shire, right? Yeah. Yes. I just saw that. Re- oh my god! Hey. I just saw that recently myself. Yeah, that's really a good movie. And then yeah. we do. I, I do movie trivia every Tuesday. Like a week after I saw it, there was a question. It was like, name the three actors who play the boyfriends, and 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 like, it was like, what kind of timing? I just watched this like <laughs> a, week, a week before a this, this timing. Yeah, that's a, that's the one I was like, I need to get on Twitter. I need to like, I feel like I need to email people and be like, hey, watch this movie so that you know what I know, and then we can tell everyone else. But that's this one even more. I'm like. I'm gonna walk into a classroom and be like, "School's over. Watch this," <laughs> you know, or something. Yeah, like, yeah. I don't know. It's. I mean, that's a good feeling, but it's also incredibly frustrating feeling because it's like it's been around for so long. Why does it? I mean, it's gonna. We got to do it, but it should have happened already. People should have been mm-hmm. talking. You know. Yeah. Uh, so, uh, wait, wait, there's no reason to go through the plot. So, like, what? Um, I, we kind of talked around it, so like, uh, uh, how would you guys even like describe what this movie is? Like, because uh, I feel like uh, some people listening uh, uh, won't have seen it uh, by now. I I always say it's uh it's it's about a uh through a man's journey of trying to find his way immigrating into a black man's journey immigrating into France these questions of um start to come about about like really his like not just his personal nature because if you look at it he's like a vessel for everything it's like it's really about like his whole the whole political nature of being black in this white dominated world you know and that's what it really hit me. He he gets in there and he begins questioning everything in the fabric of who he is and why is he even here? He's here because white people invaded his home, right? And they've changed it and 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 can he really even escape it? You know, like does he even know? Um, does he even know 
what the, the beginning or the end is. It's like it's it, it's so ingrained. It, it almost be, it, it, it feels when I watch it again today, it feels like a um, it's like a no exit type of thing. Right. You don't you just don't know where you, you you don't know where it started. You don't know where it ends. You just know that it's here. And sure. and you kind of and you kind of have an inkling that it all has to like be destroyed if you're gonna get out of it to a to, to a degree. Yeah, and it's also it's this interesting journey too. Just how <clears throat> there's stuff that happens before we're introduced to the main character, but even early on when when he arrives, he has this kind of fresh faced naivete about yeah. life. <clears throat> and as the film progresses through his experiences. He just starts to kind of break down more and more, and he just becomes more and more just like disenfranchised and less happy, uh, uh, essentially. You know, it, it, it is that kind of darker side of the immigrant, you know, dream, you know, coming over to an- another country, and this is what happens, you know. So that also stood out to me a lot, too, which I, you know, I, I have to go back to that movie, The, 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 the Invader. It's like, if, if you can, tra- I actually have a way to, 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 to see it, but like for those of you listening, if you can track it down, it, it, it makes us a, a really, really cool dub, double feature with Soleil. I'm not sure, the director, Nick, Nicholas Provost, I don't know if he's seen Soleil, but I, if, if it came out that he did, I wouldn't be surprised. I did, when I was writing my review of Soleil for Pinland Empire, I do my regular Google search of like, I just Google two names together or whatever and see if anything comes up, and nothing did. But I mean, still, there's just too many similarities that are just so striking and so specific to the experience in in, in Soleo. So, but yeah, yeah. And uh, like immediately, I was looked with like this the use of religion, and it's mm. like, oh, this movie uh, uh, gives no fucks, and it will like a you know, uh, like uh, it'll be like a nuclear blast of like. Of like of everything when it comes just like colonialism and just like uh being uh black in a in a white space and like uh and like and so like you know, like uh kind of beginning there's like a baptism where they're, they're saying like forgive me for speaking like their their native language oh, yeah which is which was uh which was funny but it's like jesus this really happens and like America has a fucked up history of that too, with um the Native Americans and the Native American schools, whatever. Like that, that. they even talk about the American Indians, you know, in yeah. that context. Yeah. yeah, yeah. My girlfriend was watching the Anne with an E series, and that there's that's a subplot with a Native American friend who is forced into one of those schools. Ah, <laughs> um, uh, what a wonderful place we've lived in. Well, it's a Canadian show, but still, you know, close enough. No, 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 no. Yeah, no, it's not. I'm just saying <laughs> yeah. that uh, there's a whole history that is, and it's not like it's history. Like this, it's still going on. <laughs> yeah. The uh, yeah, that part with the uh, you know, forgive me for speaking that language part. I uh, to go completely off subject. Uh, I was recently listening to a podcast about lima beans. And uh, apparently, lima beans have a toxic chemical that you have to blanch them before they can be eaten. And that's what Mm -hmm. I was kept thinking was like, we're running them through these churches. We're promising Christianity is the way to fix 
all these problems and it's good you know it'll unite you with all these other people who are christians it is a christian nation you're gonna if you're thinking about it you're gonna end up in a christian nation and you go to france this is, don't worry and so they go through the blanching process which tears away all these you know things that we've considered they or not we've yeah i'm calling us we okay we've considered poisonous <laughs> we uh, you know i'm not france america yeah i'm having problems anyways i hope you can see what i'm trying to say <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah uh, and um uh like w- one of the languages brought up is swahili and like uh i'm not sure if you guys know the history of swahili and why it's so popular in central africa but basically they're british found that was the easiest language for them to learn and they're like well if you want to deal with us you have to learn this language and so like swahili even though like i'm not sure how common it is that pe- that that like it was that's another form of um colonialism is just like forcing that one language because the white people uh you know it was easier for them yeah mm. okay oh, i didn't know that yeah because it's um uh an island off the coast of africa where where it's spoken uh originally and then there's like oh no let's let's make it the language that everyone speaks so we have an easier time taking over and and you know what's so good about the film like there's a way that he he you know because i mean there are films that are made about you know um white aggression towards i mean immigrants and of course african immigrants um but this film does it in a way where it like it wraps you up in it it's so sensory right like the sat i I really love the sound of the film like they're like the constant like little weavings in of like little pieces of music things that are diegetic and not diegetic sync and not sync you know like it has this like circle so it becomes this um you end up feeling like he does like you like you don't know what know whether you're coming you're coming or going right you're like you're here like i remember when i lived in spain like there would there would be moments where like it would be super out of body that i was so far from home um i felt really lonely i could i could, i knew i was like invisible but i was also like hyper visible you know what i'm saying wow. like wow. and at the same time and when I watched the film, I was like, this dude really, I mean, because he lived it, but he was able to transfer it into the bones of the film. So we're like, he didn't have to like talk it. There didn't have to be like scenes about this. He could, they could do all the talk about the politics and all the other stuff and make it poetic. But it, I felt like, I was like, I know this in my bones. This dude is a really good filmmaker. Like, you know, like just people who make movies, like I say, about these subjects, but like, they're not great filmmakers. I'm like, man, Hondo, this dude knows how to make a fucking movie. This is a bad, some badass shit right here. Sure. Yeah. Did anyone get, and I'm, I, 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 I was also reminded, only, only the, 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 all the specific scenes when, so for those of you listening to, throughout the film, there's also like another subplot where this main character, uh, starts a romantic relationship with a white woman, <laughs> yeah. and it's like some of those scenes reminded me of that of that segment in Putney Swope with the, with the black guy and the white woman like riding the bike and like walking <laughs> yeah, to like, yes. like the way they're like caressing each other. It was it's like it was like the same scene kind of. I the mean, pimple, I the more... pimple cream. Yes, thing. exactly. Yes. Yeah, <laughs> I love that. The, the, there's more specific. Um, 
You know what I also love about that scene too is that in, in the lyrics, it, it, when I first saw that movie, it went over my head. But he was like, when we met at the Yale Howard game, it was kind of like, oh, the <laughs> black guys associated with the HBCU. I kind of I thought yes. that was especially the like for, for, the 19, game. for the 1960s to have like a, an HBCU kind of shouted out in a movie was kind of cool. But um, yeah, I guess the, the main difference though, like in Soleo, is the the camera kind of lingers past them when they're kissing and holding each other, and you see these like you know, disgusted onlookers, uh, these, like, older... And, and they're all older. Like, they're all older, you know, French folks who just see this, like, open display... Pu- this public display of affection between this, like, black guy and this white woman, and they're just absolutely disgusted by it. And you know they weren't actors, right? <clears throat> no, they I weren't. Didn't, I didn't know that. So he he shot... Oh, that it. makes more sense I read now. this... So I read this when I went and... S- there was, like, a little, like handout i remember reading it i I didn't i I think i lost it but i remember i was literally reading this that they the 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 lead actor i'm gonna forget his name he's really good in the film too i forget his name he's really really good and the white woman um hondo and the the cinematographer because it was it was a five like a four or five crew um people who who did the film they they had like a really like kind of like skeleton crew and they just shot him and they were just looking at the people, and the people were literally walking out. Like, like there's like like two girls who like shake their heads. That old white woman who was like looking yeah. at them. That's a that's just a regular person in France, and they just put the camera on them. They're like they they had no actors as as uh, when it came to the people who were looking at them. Like they were all actual people there in France. Hmm. Damn, I didn't know. Oh wow, that yeah, that, that's a whole other. That's deep. I know, and that's deep. You know, I mean, it makes sense because you know he 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 shot the films. He um, Hondo. People don't know. I don't um, that he was a he made his money being a voice actor, a a, a dub actor. That makes sense. I I try. There's like like as the years go on and as his films get more popular, there's like footage. There's more footage of him. Yeah, and like talks and you hear his voice, and it's kind of like, oh, okay. That makes yeah, he sense. became like a dub actor for like movies like Morgan Freeman, Eddie Murphy hmm. for a lot of people in France, and um, so when he was, he basically would like get his little money um, acting. He would like just buy some sixteen millimeter reversal stock and then shoot the movie. Like they shot it for nothing. Apparently, like it, 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 it you know. But they had to shoot it all gorilla. They, they didn't get yeah. any, you know, permits. Mm. They were just like making it happen. So they were just like, yeah, we'll just shoot this and <laughs> we'll just see if we can get some reactions. And then, of <laughs> course, they did. <laughs> yeah, uh, you're talking about the 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 onlookers. One of my favorite um, uh, moments with like the with like a uh, uh, like an average French person. It is when uh, it's the light skinned guy. From, I guess he's from like South Africa. Uh, yeah, he's talking to that one white guy, and he's like, "Oh, I love Negro spirituals." <laughs> yeah, right. He's like, "I can't be racist, and I love Negro spirituals." <laughs> <laughs> I was like, "What the fuck is that?" Oh man, like some of those. Yeah, or like and you know what's interesting, like especially you think of the context of like say like now with like all the MAGA stuff. Like remember like the two in like the bar, there was like those two white guys talking. Like you know, pretty soon, you know, in about fifty years, you know, we're all gonna be Negroes. All, all our children are gonna be Negroes. Right, Negroes right. are gonna take over France, right? Yeah. And it's like it's this that anxiety when it comes to like you know. Um, blacks or like you know you see it now a lot with like Chinese or you know the non-white people taking over the world it's like that shit is so old like it's like 
it, it just makes you tired. You're like, oh man, we still it is this shit is is as old as fuck, man. No, it really you know it. Damn, because it's funny you say that too. Because I'm 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 reminded of like with the whole King Kong Godzilla movie coming out now. I'm just reminded of like the political kind of like social undertones of King Kong and how it's mm. also played out through like throughout the years too just like movies like that or even planet planet of the apes just like mm-hmm. uh, i i take those movies completely differently than like the average you know human being and yeah. then it's also when you have the famous it's like the the the, the for, i'm talking about from the original king kong the when you have that famous shot of him on top of the building fighting the planes and then they literally like recreated that with lebron james i don't know if you remember that on, on that magazine yeah i do remember that like, yep it's, which is insane, but it's also like, it wasn't, I mean, it's right, fucked up, but it's also just kind of like, oh, I, I don't think people get the layers to, to, it's not just so much like, oh, this is racist, because it is, and it's messed up, but it's also like, I'm just absolutely convinced that like the origins of what King Kong was about was like this racist warped imagery of just like, oh, the we're scared and they're taking over, and then, I mean, Planet of the Apes is super obvious, so, um, but yeah, so... Yeah, and going back to like the, like uh, the non-whites will take over. Like, personally, like my uh, my family has been racially mixed for centuries at this point. Like my grandma um, on my mom's side of family, the New York side, uh, her family goes back to like 1500s England, mm. and by the time they got to America, they were black, and we have no clue like when that happened. But like, but I just know like at some point there was some race mixing. Because by time, because we have the records from like this like Revolutionary War era, and it has says like colored, so it's like, well, they went from being white to being black at some point, but we have no clue like the process of when, uh, when, when or who it was. And then my dad's side of family has been mixed like black and like Native American and white and like Spanish, uh, since like like eighteen hundred. So like this whole. Uh, so the whole like, fear of like, race mixing is um, kind of fucking stupid because it turns out it, it it happens to a lot of people and a lot of families. It's just uh, kind of like, yeah, I don't know. Oh, man. I mean, my, my dad's side of the family, well, my grandf- my dad's father's side of the family are originally from Virginia. And it's at a point now where like one of my cousins uh, on my dad's side she did a whole bunch of research and 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 found like the the town and towns like where you know the the, the pins came from and it's like total white passing folks who have like black blood in them but my cousin our cousin Jackie she went down to Virginia to like do a bit of research and like she kind of was a little invasive like invasive like she knocked on doors and she found these people and they were literally like Hey, listen. We need you to go away. Like, we got it good down here. We're 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 white, okay? Like it, it like that 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 literally happened to a cousin of mine mm. in 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 the eighties. Where like she found people that technically were, we were related to, but because of race mixing and 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 that kind of stuff, that it got to the point where the diluted where people could pass for white, um, and they were being and they were scared of being found out. That really <laughs> wow. happened. Oh, yeah. that happened to a friend of mine in high school. Um, I I have another thing that's more personal. I, I will not say uh, on record, uh, mm-hmm. but uh, my friend from uh, a different thing. My friend from high school, um, he has an, a great uncle who was adopted, who is black, and his family is so racist that uh, they always told him, "Oh, he has had a dark tan. He wasn't actually black." Wow, Jesus! 
Yeah. Wow. wow. <clears throat> yeah, and I, I know countries like France have a lot of anxiety about, you know, I, I spent some time in France um, around like 2009, I think 2008 to like 2012, I was going there a lot. And I, it, it was a lot more with um, Arab and Muslims um, at that time, this kind of anxiety that France isn't France, isn't French anymore, right? Mm. And this, you know, the loss of culture attached to um, the immigrant population, which is so absurd because if you know history, you would know that the French culture and all these cultures from Europe come from these lands anyway. So actually, it might be a return to normalcy in many ways, yeah. right? You're actually, it's, it's, right. it's a circular thing, you know, like they're coming from those cultures anyway and like you know, it's it's so it's so warped these people who are claimed to be so concerned with history don't know any history huh. yeah Joel are you still there yeah I'm just hanging out with the other Mexicans I don't know what you guys are oh. talking about <laughs> okay <laughs> well do you have a, a perspective from I don't know like uh uh, any points of view on stuff we were talking about for the last like twenty minutes or so? I mean, not really. I mean, I could I could say that like Mexican people have been accused of invading this country in in a way where people decided to actually put up a wall. So I understand uh, that uh, you know, and and passing for white as I do, I I often <laughs> overhear people talking about things that I'm like, uh huh, okay, whatever, yep. But uh, I'm here to say that while it's not true of many different um, immigrants and uh, refugees and things like that, uh, they're not coming here to take over and everything like that. Um, as a half Mexican, I can assure you, I am here to take your job, <laughs> and um, there's nothing you can do about it. Deal with it, bruh. <laughs> Yeah, uh, but um, Timmy, you mentioned about the Arab uh, talking about Arabs and uh, Muslims. There mm-hmm. is a part when uh, the, the visitor is accused of being Arab by oh, this. Oh God, that scene is great. Yeah, which is, it's it's so upsetting, but like the guy's voice is so funny that you can't really take him seriously. <laughs> right, and but what's funny is again he he's arguing with the one of the African brothers first too. He's like, "You too dark," or talks about like you know himself. So it's almost clear that this guy thinks of him as different as well. But then when he runs into the white dude, the white dude don't care who you are. Black, yeah. Arab, you you not French. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, that, that's the problem. And it, it and that's why the, I really love the film. It, 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 it's like, it's like, it's like, um, it's like kinesthetic. Like, it goes from one little crazy thing to another, to another, mm-hmm. to another. And that's kind of how it feels when you're dealing with this this unpredictable culture of of you know not being uh welcomed it's it's but that scene is amazing the guy yells i was like damn and i've seen i've seen stuff like that in europe like they they make a big scene right i remember i was in um when i was in spain something someone got something got stolen or whatever and this woman in catalan was was yelling 
and I didn't know what she was saying. And my friend who spoke Catalan, who's actually he's from Spain and he's black, and he was like, she, it's, a, it's, a, it's a bunch of racist shit against Arabs. So you don't even want to know. I guess Moroccan people specifically, right? Mm-hmm. He was like, you don't, you don't want to know, man. Like, it's so racist. And like, and like, had everybody had to hear, you know? And it was like, come on, lady. Like, come on, calm down. You, oh, you, I. Right. <laughs> I mean, I guess that doesn't surprise me, but still, Jesus. Yeah. Uh, what was it? Uh, oh, and besides like the racial angle, this movie is a, a big fuck you to capitalism. Yeah, which, which is so oh, yeah. refreshing. Yeah. Well, that's another thing that also hit me when I watched it. Um, I, I I think when I saw it specifically, I was like really like struggling with a lot of like modern like black movies as i constantly am but i think at that moment i was at a real real low point i had so i probably had saw 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 one of the like heralded movies you know and i was just like not feeling it and when i watched this i was so happy at how how different it was in his critique of like capitalism and a kind of the global situation right and this kind of attitude and also that it was it was like it was bleak too it wasn't like this like oh we'll just take it over it was like no man like shit is like is raw and it's rough and and i was really just amazed to see something made that way like you know i think i think sometimes um there's a perception you you see latin american films that do that you know what i'm saying like global rocha films you know, and definitely see some films, you know, coming out of like this, like the early rebellion. But like, I was like, I wanted to see some more. And then I, the fact there was a film that had that could that could stand up to those kind of like black guy, white devil type movies. I was like, yeah, I'm happy that mm-hmm. we had something in that canon that really went hard like those other flicks. Hmm. Man, it's so funny you said. Uh, I, ah, I'm, I'm not gonna say who. Who I'm not gonna do that. But <laughs> it's you, you, you know, like you saying that. Like just recently, there was this really popular, like you know. Hey, all the you know great black films that came out in 2020, um, and it was like missing a whole bunch of stuff, like you know, like all the daring stuff. Like for example, this movie, The Inherit. Like I, I had to like make sure to kind of quote tweet it and be like, yeah, but there's also like a movie like The Inheritance and The Lost Okoroshi, like just like yeah. different mm-hmm. movies. You know what I'm saying? It, it was it was like the typical kind of like. I don't know. He had, uh, which I actually ended up watching. What's that Janelle Monae movie that was terrible about the slave? Oh stuff? no, you didn't. Oh wow, I know you're talking yeah, about. Yeah, yeah, oh, they were wow. all. Yeah, it, it, it was. It was like a mixed bag. Like he he listed it was. Oh, Antebellum. Antebellum. It was like a mixture of movies, like Antebellum, One Night in Miami, all, like all this stuff, and it was just kind of like, that's not good enough. Like, why are you citing? I, I don't know. It, 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 it just, just picked the names out of a hat or something. <laughs> kind of, <laughs> probably. Kind of, but, <laughs> But, 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 you know, like, what M. Tume says, though, like, there's a point to, like, I'm talking, I mean, we could go really deep if you want, but there's this whole thing where only recently, like, maybe in the last 30-something years, have there been these, like, daring black films. Like, I know it's not outright said, but the general view and, and how it's treated by, like, a lot of these outlets is that is the case, is that it's, like, you know, before the 80s, there weren't these filmmakers who were daring to just kind of be different and progressive or transgressive or whatever words you want to use. And that's just simply not true. Yeah. Um, and and, and, I, and this is something that I've said on many a thing, podcast, Twitter, social media. I think there's been this deliberate um, attempt to kind of cut black movies off from movies like this. You know what I'm saying? Like to kind of cut these movies out of our legacy. 
you know, like especially here in America, they'll have you believe, you know, black movies started with Spike Lee. And black yeah. and, and, and black oh spo- and, and black exploitation before that, right? But yeah, they're like I, you know. I, I so think you, Spike Lee will, will, will want people to think that <laughs> exactly. <laughs> but the crazy thing is, it's true. Oh my God, man! Who, uh, I think yeah, I think it was Peter Travers when you know uh, the Five Bloods came out. And if you for those of you listening on on, on my podcast, even in America, we had a, we did an episode of that with Intume. and so the the opening we are well two days before it came to Netflix. There was this like popular, you know, I, I think it was by it was either Peter Travers or A.O. Scott on how you know the Five Bloods is like the first movie to really show the uh, the the post Vietnam experience, and it was kind of like, wait, what? Like that? And but then a bunch of people were sharing it, and then I, I go in my little rabbit hole, so I check the comments, and some folks are like, oh, now that you mention, it, I guess that is true, and it's kind of like. Well, damn! It's like you don't have to go back that far. Just the '90s, like The Walking Dead, Dead, Dead Presidents. Yeah. You know, those, and you had, those you had ashes and embers in the '80s. In the '80s, it's kind of and, and it, yeah, it's just like accidental, unintentional erasure of like of movies. And I'm not even like I mean I'm, I'm going to be honest. Like The Walking Dead was I I I, I don't know. I actually rewatched it like after Five Bloods came out, and it's not like necessarily a great movie, but it's at the same time kind of like facts are facts. You can't just say a movie from 2020 is the first prominent film to do something when that's not even true. I mean, if you want to get even super technical about it, I mean, you know, at, at the start of First Blood, Rambo, the guy who he goes to see, his last friend, Delmore, he's a black guy, and he's like he was mm-hmm. like the last surviving guy. And you see this like poor black family and how mm. they were affected by post-Vietnam, you know, as well. So it's it's like, and what, what what's more mainstream than the First Blood franchise? So I, I, I don't know. I don't know. Stuff like that really bothers me, and it also—I I, think—it's always an added. It, it bothers me more when someone who—I'm <coughs> using air quotes here—but when someone who's in a position who should know better, and it's kind of essentially their job to just know basic film history, and then me—I know more about more in, in this particular category. It's kind of like, then why, why are you in this position or on this platform to talk when you clearly don't know what you're talking about? I think that always b- bothers me a little extra. So, but that's a personal thing. So. Uh, uh, yeah, yeah, I, I, I get that. Um, uh, like, uh, what? Let me go with this. Oh, yeah, uh, uh, one big thing that stuck out to me was uh, this feels like um, Hondo may have seen the memoir movies because there's a real like exploration of like the victim and the victimizer relationship mm. and that's how complex it can be and also has like uh, a, a kind of a similar sense of humor to a memoir where it's like very mean-spirited but it's there to like so it's not that oppressively um uh like sad or uh hard to watch mm-hmm. yeah yeah yeah, he he really does a good job at um, making it biting, but not making, and then definitely embracing the feeling of complete like despair, but at the same token, not making it like um, melodramatic and uh, defeatist, right? It's yeah. it, there's like the. Because what it is, he keeps moving. It's the thing. Like in the, you know, I think the end. What makes the end so powerful is, um, I, I what really hit me is like he's like, 
it's 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 like things are going on around him and 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 they become um insurmountable but he keeps moving you know what i'm saying he doesn't like go into a corner and like starts crying and says it's all over and lays down he like he keeps moving and as um it's really powerful in that way he he's very smart in 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 in, in knowing how to like show despair but not make it into like this like sappy melodrama where everybody can just feel like oh well you know <laughs> what are you yeah. going to do <laughs> oh, um oh i remember i was going to say it's like half an hour ago but we kind of went off on a tangent um one like one uh, one like cuz this will like start these great stylistic flourishes and touches and the one that uh i generally loved was like the jump scares of like hate speech that you would get every so often. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, I'm sorry. So, can you say that again? And you get the jump scares well, of hate speech, where like he goes to, he's like going to a building, and, and there's like a poster that says like like no oh, blacks sure. allowed. And yeah. It's just yeah, like yeah, yeah. very atonal music, and like uh, it, it it's very jarring, and uh, but like uh, but I like this like like the mechanics of how it's done because like. Uh, up until that point, he has not seen any of that, and so of course there would be a literal jump scare for him. This has suddenly run into that out of nowhere. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. And then there's uh, just like it's a lot of like really cool sound design choices that. Yeah. Uh, I don't know. Like th- this movie is incredible. Like I don't know. I. I'm not sure really how to really get into it without sounding stupid because like there's just so much stuff here. Yeah, and you know no, there's a lot to unpack. Oh, sorry. Yeah. No, 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 I was just saying yeah, there's a lot to unpack. No, 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 yeah, that, 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 that was it. Yeah, like yeah, it's really, it's really fascinating. Like it's, it's a movie that like I, I tell. It's funny like the people that I went and saw it with. I was like curious at what they thought. And when they walked out, and one of them was someone, one of them who watched is someone who watched a lot of movies, and the other person wasn't really someone who um, watched a lot of like films like these. But they were actually very a very political person. And I remember like, um, and I had seen some movies with the, with this person before, and he sometimes is like, eh, you know, I don't really like art house stuff. But he loved this, hmm. and I was like, and I asked him why. I was like, why? What was it about this that really got you? And I, I'm gonna paraphrase, but he was talking about how he it was how the information of the experience was kind of was divvied out. It, it, it he he felt that it really communicated with him how it felt, right? And and he was just really the ideas, and it was like this big twist, and he just you know twist and turns of stuff. So he was really into it, you know, and. Um, I, it's a movie that like I I I yeah I recommend everybody see it now. I'm like man, you gotta check the, you gotta check this joint out, especially like people who are interested in black film and for like black people who want to black filmmakers. Like I'm like y'all gotta see stuff like this because we have like such you know because it is very French New Wavy, but like and I could I could I feel like you could lazily say oh it's like, it's, like, it's like a Godard film, but I don't know man like. It mm-hmm. it goes it goes to a whole other no. level to me, yeah. but I'm saying, but it's I could you could see how they would lazily do that, right? Sure, 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 sure. Yeah, you know yeah. what I'm saying? Right, right before you shoot them, they, uh, <laughs> <laughs> right, right. But then you go like, nah, 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 man. Like you gotta watch this. This is this dude is is doing stuff that's like, 
you know, he's taking it to a whole other level, in my opinion. You know, and I, you know. And maybe that's how you have to get. It's like maybe that's just how you have to get. It's like a Godard film, and people see it, and then they're kind of like, "Oh, there's layers here." It's it's um, a buddy of mine <clears throat> does these like virtual um, screenings with his friends. He, he's been doing these movie nights where, like, over the course of like a few weeks, he gives his friends two movies to watch, and then they they discuss it. So he asked me to recommend two movies for his friends to watch over these next couple of weeks, and then we're gonna do review them. And I was like, and I recommended it was it was Catch Me If You Can in Chameleon Street, and I was just uh-huh. like, watch both. And it's one of those things like, just tell your friends if they're not used to a movie like that, just tell them it's like you know, it's like a black Catch Me If You Can, like it's kind of live, but in a weird way, it actually kind of is. It actually kind of is, but it's also not. It's very different. So yeah, sometimes you just got to do that to get people interested. Yeah. Um, what was it? Uh. Yeah, and like 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 one of one of the many things I love about this movie is that as it goes along, it gets more angry and more political. It starts out just absolutely, just like religion and race, and then it jumps into like okay, what what it's like to just walk around in France, and then it gets into what it's like to to like be with a white woman in public, and then and then it just keeps adding more and more layers, and it's just like how it's really like brilliant and just how it's structured. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like, nothing. Nothing feels like an an unearned tangent. Nothing feels like oh, and uh, this part doesn't. You know, he kind of. This is also a problem. But and he wanted to talk about. It, he didn't really have a really good place to put that. Like every single thing that they're touching on, even if they're just like somebody passing by. Like there's a part where he's walking the street and, and people are just kind of like he's overhearing people saying these things that are like ah. <laughs> you know, it's like yeah. none of it feels like oh that was I don't understand it's like this this whole collective weight that has fallen on him <laughs> because he had a dream of of going to France and had been washed so well as to like he walked in there thinking I am already French this is this is my destiny yeah. and it's just like pound and pound after shit uh, it's that fresh face naivete that, like, he—I mean—he comes into the film with this big smile on his face, you know. And by the time it's over, it's mm-hmm. like literally the opposite. Yeah, he's yelling. Yeah, he's I mean, th- those yells are are crazy. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Like, like, like another com- comparison. It's like the beginning of um, a Holland Drive, like fresh mm-hmm. face. Like, I'm going to mm-hmm. France. Oh, yeah. I'm yeah. gonna, <laughs> I'm gonna make it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. And then by sure. the end, you know, she she's in a in bed about to shoot herself. Well, he's he's a little different, you know. He about to shoot somebody yeah. else. <laughs> he goes a little <laughs> yeah. bit different, huh. but you know, yeah, it's a, that's a good comparison, though, for sure. Yeah, yeah, any movie that has Mark Pellegrino, I agree, is important. Oh wait, that's not <laughs> what you guys were saying. Never mind. No, <laughs> no uh, Marcus did another um, Fresh Prince side by side with a. Uh, um, Mulholland Drive. Oh, the wigs, you know. Those yeah. are. Oh yeah. yeah, that was good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. Those are my favorite by far. I fucking love the the uh, Will Smith coming out of the cab and uh, <laughs> uh, Nightwatch coming out of the cab one. It it also this is also an interesting film I think to 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 contrast with Black Girl too by Sam Ben. You know. It's interesting. Yeah. Um, yes, goddamn. Yeah. Oh, I'm it's interesting. It's, it's it, and I haven't I seen I haven't out. seen Black Girl like. In the last like, I've seen it like several times, but I haven't seen it in the last like couple of years. I want I want I want to watch it again because, you know, it's interesting to see them. You know, one black man, one one black woman, 
but it is about these two people who kind of come in here with a certain expectation and get a, uh, another. And I'm just curious at like how they contrast as like as like pieces. That's uh, yeah. Black Girl was another movie that I I've only watched it the one time, but when I was done with it, that was another one where I was like, did I just watch a masterpiece? Yeah. Because <laughs> it's it's so effective. Right. Yeah, know, Black Black Girl really like. They kind of ripped my heart out. I went and saw it at a movie theater. Like it was like it was like noon, and I wasn't good for the rest of the day. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, I get that. I wasn't good for the rest of the day. I was just like, I'm going home, y'all. You know, and I'm not. Gonna, I'm, not I'm going home exactly. <laughs> I just I just turned 34. It's time to go. It's time home. to no. go home exactly. <laughs> yeah. Uh, you know, now I don't know how we're gonna do Black Roll episode because I feel like it's gonna repeat everything. Oh, who cares? Let's oh, do yeah. It yeah. yeah. <laughs> Why not though? You know, if if yeah. I was afraid of, of repeating mm-hmm. myself, I would never leave the house. Okay. <laughs> well, I'd be curious too because then, like, when Black Girl was like sixty six, like I'm always curious, mm-hmm. like, how these films were speaking to each other. Like, did did Hondo see Black Girl and then want to make an extension of it? You know, I'm I'm right. I'm always just curious at how like who was aware of what and all that stuff you know and it's it's just it's i i hope people have asked and like one day we'll we'll be able to get you know some kind of transcripts and stuff about these type of things but it's a shame i I know i know by the 80s like um um and betty and adresa adrongo Mm -hmm. uh they were friends i know like there's the like they, like they hung out and worked on helped each other out in movies, but that's kind of the only one I know for a fact. Yeah, I mean, there, there's a constant fear that you're ripping somebody off in this art world, and it's gotten even worse in the age of like, oh, I can instantly look up what I'm thinking this reminds me of, and like, oh, have you heard this kind of thing? And look, at this level, like, if somebody does say like, oh, I didn't know about that. It's very easy to assume that they're full of shit, especially <laughs> right. the the more well known the thing is, like <laughs> or or such, the the easier it would be yeah. to to call somebody out. So I think that like probably even back then, somebody like if he'd been interviewed back in the seventies, I know they've got that Criterion has an interview with the director of this movie uh, for twenty minutes or something like that. Mm. It's like I wonder. Would you say that I, yes, I was, or I did see that, and I it made me think of this? Like, mm. I, I, I kind of feel like it, they it's would. It's a shame though. that they have to be afraid of it. You know, there was a certain attitude that I know that that exists with Black Girl that like it became this big thing because it was like one of the, if not the first, but like you know one of the first Black films from you know one of the films from Africa to really get a serious amount of recognition. So it became like an inspiration. So it wouldn't be like I bit your movie. More like, yes, we all came out the gates after Black Girl, you know, and you know, yeah. and yeah. It, it, I almost feel like it would probably be like the opposite. Like they don't, they the, the the critics want to kind of diminish Black Girl, so they don't want to attach all these amazing movies that came from it, you know, you know. Yeah, because I prefer there's uh 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 Cairo Station, but mm-hmm. Egypt has a whole, but Egypt uh, is like. Uh, well, if you want to be technical, like they're like the North Africa and Sub-Saharan Africa are, are very different mm. places, and like, uh, like I've seen Sub-Saharan Africa referred to as black, at, and we're like, mm. nor- and the northern half is just like northern, northern portion. 
there's a part about that in this movie yeah too. yeah that so. is true <laughs> this, movie, this movie really covers everything it touches it it's great it does. it's yeah. perfect yeah. And I love the like podcast and watch it. <laughs> I love the little nod of this is like my last thing. The little nod of one of the immigrants uh, talks about like it says all our presidents have failed, and if you know about like the post independence in the sixties, by nineteen seventy there had been numerous military coups that were successful by this point because like Nigeria had already become a dictatorship. Um, that's uh, what other big one. Uh, there's a, there's like a couple like notable ones that by this point, like uh, uh, things had crumbled and like the dream of independence was kind of like, oh, uh, it was like kind of fading a little bit, but or a lot of it really. But uh, uh, to the point, and they talk about the the Riafra War, which, uh, and I think they show a, a picture of the general of who was the president of Biafra, um, uh, Emika, what is his name? Uh, Emika, uh, Ojukwu. Mm-hmm. At the end, when they're showing, like, the Malcolm thing that's burning, yeah. I think that's him, Is that I'm him? I was sure. one, I, I didn't know who, because there's Malcolm, there's Che, and there's another, and I didn't know who that was. I was actually curious if someone knew who that was. Because they mentioned the Biafra war, so it's like, maybe they're talking about uh, Ojukwu, but yeah. I'm not hundred percent. Yeah, I was wondering who it. that was. And uh, yeah, that's like uh, oh, and uh, one thing for Marcus, uh, when they're fighting in the beginning, it looked like uh, I'm not sure if you knew knew this, but I got into wrestling last year. It looked like someone was about to do like a power bomb on someone. <laughs> At one oh, point. I didn't catch that. Now I have to go back and watch it. <laughs> a little bit. It's like like he's being positioned to like, oh, it's gonna be like a power bomb or something. <laughs> oh, nice classic move. Damn, I'm surprised I didn't catch that. I'm gonna go. I need to watch that. It's very brief. <laughs> I, I just watched Lucha Underground like uh, a few hours before, so it was fresh in my mind. Oh, awesome. Oh, oh, that's good stuff. Let's see if the person who invented the power bomb in wrestling as we know it. Uh, uh, references this movie in any of his interviews. Hold on, let me check. Uh, <laughs> All right, but uh, yeah, this movie is kind of amazing. Uh, not kind of, it is amazing. Yeah. Like, besides Celine and Julie go boating, this is probably my favorite movie I, I we've watched so far. Mm. Awesome. That's dope. I think uh, by far this one is my favorite um no offense to any of the other movies we've seen although yeah. now i'm starting to lean toward i mean what godard have we've done we've done uh, breathless and we got weekend breathless. now i'm live. like starting to be like i don't think i want to watch these other ones can we <laughs> watch the interesting movies people don't watch when they talk about french oh oh uh, you're, you're coming to my side of uh thinking godard's meh okay yeah, i like this you jerk. You ruined everything. <laughs> He's not that great. He's influential, but it's not that great, at least to me. I don't like the man already. I, you know, it's, 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 I'll take my uh, two or three things I know about her and, and watch that and be like, he made one great movie. And I know that not everyone agrees with me, but uh, I happen to like it. <laughs> yeah. All right. Um, 
I think it's safe to assume everyone would recommend this movie. Like, uh, it, totally. It, it's absolutely. 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 I, I think I go beyond. It's a must. I think people need to watch this movie. Like, they need to familiarize themselves with this movie. Especially now because it's, it's so available now. Yeah. And, like, uh, I mentioned earlier, like, uh, Black Girl, Space is a Place, um, Spook is Up by a Door, Dookie Bookie, Camilla Street. Like, it, it really falls into that canon of, like, these, like, brilliant black films. Uh, that are hard to, hard to find, but like are really worth tracking down, because like uh, we, as we were saying, like th- like there's a whole like uh, you know uh, world of black film that kind of is that's over that's uh, overlooked and not talked about nearly enough because we get more more people watching like Tyler Perry shit instead of this, which sure. is mm. fine if you like it. But, <coughs> Sorry, but, but uh, <laughs> but you know like. Uh, uh, I like the variety, and there needs to be a variety, and not just, you know, what ho- what mainstream Hollywood cranks out, which is bad to just fine. Absolutely. Yep. <clears throat> All right. Um, nineteen seventy was uh, it, uh, is the year we picked, even though there are a couple of years, but whatever. We're around this time, but uh, what movies from this year? would you guys recommend? I'll go with um, 1970s. Um, Investigation of a Citizen Above Suspicion is, is my 1970 film. It's a, just a great kind of like dark uh, dark comedy satire or whatever. Just about like um, the abuse of power. Um, it's just, uh, I'm, I'm not going to give too much away, but the basic plot is you have this... Um, high-ranking police official who intentionally commits a crime to kind of see if he'll get caught and you know and that's kind of that and it's just about just corruption and and but yeah it's very good yeah we i talked about that on movies from hell with uh bradley nice that was a fun episode yeah <laughs> it's a Ilya petri episode i should say which was like yeah October. sorry yeah who, who directed this film sorry yeah right. Um, I'll pick a film that I did not know until I kind of looked it up. It came out the same year, and it's they seem spiritually connected. Uh, the Lion Has Seven Heads by Glauber Rocha. Um, uh, Rocha, you know, I think another realm that Soleo, like, you know, like I said before, should be living in is, like, these, like, great politically left films. You know, and Glauber Rocha is, like, you know, Mr. Left um, when it comes to films, uh, he's another one whose films are hard to find. Though you can find them on YouTube. Um, Lion has seven heads. Also, kind of like it's similar to Soleo in that, like they both use these kind of wild theatricality to talk about you know the issues. And Lion has seven heads is about um, it's it's an allegory about Brazilian kind of issues, but it takes place in Africa and about the, the colonial like people uh, in, in Africa trying to manipulate a situation. And these people who've basically come over there to kind of assist the African um, move to kind of overthrow them. And, uh, and like, you know, kind of similar to Soleo, there's a lot of like, you know, um, choreographed movements. You see that in the lion has seven heads and, um, yeah, I, I highly recommend that. I saw that movie some years ago at Metrograph, and that shit blew my mind. Hmm. All right. Uh, I got to stick to my brand. 
1970 is the first film appearance by Shelley Duvall, Bruce McCloud. Yeah. Uh, I love this movie. It's very wacky and weird, but it's also super Altman. And uh, I think there's a reason no one talks about it that much. Uh, it's definitely like one of his more uh, divisive movies, but I love it. It's weird. It's kooky. It has some. One of my one of my dad's favorite movies of all time. Oh, nice. Yeah. I really like that movie. I've always really liked that movie a lot. I think. Why do you think it's divisive? Do you, is it is it the ending? You think, Spencer? Yeah, I, yeah, I think it's. I think it's the ending. I think it's just like, it, like 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 Altman was kind of like a, this like a real like hangout vibe of this his like a little too wacky and also a little too hangout at the same time, mm-hmm. which I think some people find off putting. But I, I don't know, like. I've I I've come across people who either hate it or they love it. Yeah. Like there's I haven't seen much middle ground with Bruce from McCloud. And um nineteen seventy, uh two movies came out on the same day, both starring Godfrey Cambridge. Yeah. Both are brilliant. Um Cotton Comes to Harlem and Watermelon Man. Watermelon Man, yep. And nice. uh one is uh, more famous than the other, but both are great. Both about very much about race. They're both comedies and both by uh, black directors. And I, I really love both these movies. I love that they came out on the same day with the same star. All right, uh, Joel, you? Hey. Uh, this 1970 is full of movies that I watched for podcasts. I've got a couple that I didn't watch for podcasts, but I rather than try to pick out one of those, like uh, El Topo or Valerie in a Week of Wonders, um, I'm just going to list the ones that I have covered for podcasts and mention what podcasts and what, you know, a little bit of what I think. Uh, so, Dodeska Den came out this year. Mm. Uh, Kurosawa movie. You know him, he's a master. Personally, I had problems with this movie. It's on the lower half of, of his films for me. I know, uh, Spencer, you you like it a lot more than me, right? Uh, Yeah, it's the weird outlier for yeah. Kurosawa, so I kind of have a... Suit suit. It is still very good, but it's it's very sad. And it, it's Kurosawa, you know, he's... You've it's heard his, of this guy, right? I don't know. <laughs> it's his most broken movie by far. Yeah. Uh, another one is the... <clears throat> Dunwich Horror, <laughs> which is a uh, a adaptation of a uh, what's that what's that horror guy that everybody uh, likes Lovecraft? HP Lovecraft, that racist HP Lovecraft guy. <laughs> yeah, it's a very silly '70s movie that uh, has Dean Stockwell doing this amazing job of of playing completely straight that he's this uh, old god satanic. Or not satanic. That's sorry. Uh, you know, old god like worshiper person who is trying to unleash this thing, and it's it's really entertaining. It feels a lot. Is it a Corman movie? Oh, right there, producer Roger Corman. That makes sense. It feels like one of those good Corman movies. And I've seen people talk crap about it, but I thought it was a lot of fun. And that was for Please Don't Send Me in Outer Space. Um, the other ones you you already mentioned, Watermelon Man. Cotton mm-hmm. Comes to Harlem for our Spike Lee episodes. Both excellent movies. Uh, Scandalous Adventures of Burakai. Oh yeah, I like that one. Burakai, rather. Uh, excellent Nakadai. 
and very very silly movie that uh, becomes like a heist film towards the end of it. Yeah, and there's uh, a really weird uh, son mom moment in it yeah. too, if you remember. <laughs> <laughs> the part where they're dressing up as like uh, the other is it actors or the royal? I can't even remember, but something like that. It's it's kind of this really tale about this just slimy guy who gets caught up in this this scandal. There you go, a scandalous adventure. And Nakadai does his usual amazingness, and yeah, yeah. Uh, I think that's it. Oh, sorry, one more, one more classic, Mister Super Invisible, starring Dean Jones, directed by Antonio Margar- Margaretti, and. Uh, it's that was another please don't send me outer space episode a randomly selected movie it's it's fine it's very much in the vein of like one of those disney movies like uh the cat from outer space or freaky friday where it's supposed to be aimed towards kids and it's it's okay a lot of like because he's invisible there's a there's a shitload of voiceover jokes where it's like well i did this oh, ho, ho, ho. you know and like he's not laughing but you're supposed to laugh at his comments if you're into that you might like it all right nice. uh, it's no super trooper <laughs> not, not to be mixed or uh is it super trooper the, that's the song i'm thinking of uh oh the uh, ernest bergnine one super fuzz super fuzz yeah yeah. Oh, I thought you were talking about Super Troopers. No, not not that movie Super Troopers, but Super Fuzz is also in the vein of this, but it's about a cop who gets superpowers and doesn't speak English, so he's completely dubbed. <laughs> uh, Alright, so this will come out early March. Um, cool. Yeah, so uh, Marcus, uh, do, you, uh, do you have anything to uh, plug that you know will come out, or just the usual stuff? Uh, well, specifically, please check out Zebras in America uh, in February. We got a couple of really, really cool guests, both returning guests, but uh, pr- pretty big, pretty big stuff. Um, so check out Zebras in America. Check out PillandEmpire.com. I'm still posting stuff. I'm still writing. I, I do feel like um, between the podcasting, both on Zebras and all the guest podcasting I do and a lot of my tweeting that like kind of clicking on PinlandEmpire.com has kind of fallen by the wayside, but I'm always updating. Um, I try to be weekly with stuff that I'm posting, and even sometimes when I don't, you know, I go back in the archives to, like, you know, 2010, 2011, 2012, and I update a lot of stuff because, you know, opinions change. Um, So, yeah, check out PinlandEmpire.com, Zebras in America. Um, Go to a bunch of my old writing at ThePinkSmoke.com, all that stuff. All right, and uh, I gotta say, uh, Zebras is a great, uh, great podcast. Um, my favorite episode so far might be the R.A. Rugged Man interview. That was great. Nice. We need to get him back on. Uh, he he definitely wants to, but it, it, as soon as he was on that episode, his new album came out, which is really, which is a really good um, album. And so he's just been kind of it was between his album and then COVID hit and then doing stuff. But um, I actually saw him recently. I was hanging out at one of his music video shoots. Oh. I was out in Long Island. Uh, was I was it? being socially. I, I, everyone had masks on, and it was it was a socially distant thing. So I uh, was it the you know. the remix of WAP one. No, no, no. Oh, oh yeah. Although no, I I did scratches on that song, but no, this was oh. um. Okay. Yeah. I love his remix of WAP because he, he mixes in the uh, who's that shitty conservative guy? Oh, that was yeah. That 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 was his idea to, to <laughs> yeah uh, Ben 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 Shapiro. Yeah, it mixes in like his his rendition of it, which. Uh, 
yeah, yeah. Uh, in the seven, uh, there's so many great episodes. Seven L was a great, and uh, because of your show, I was uh, I became friends with Jared uh, Gilman. So yeah, uh, nice. Yeah, yeah. Uh, R- really, really great guy. Cool guy. He has a great taste in music too. Yeah. Anyway, uh, and Tume, what's what about you? Podcast, uh, music, uh, film. Uh, within our gates, we'll be, we'll be back uh, starting next uh, this this month. Uh, I have a new co-host with me, my homie Adam Thomas, um, doing it. Um, so yeah, we'll we'll get back in the groove with that. Um, I I'll be shooting something in the summer, but that won't be anything that anyone will know about for a while. But you know what? I I I, I, I I'm gonna say shout out to Med Hondo because. I'm thinking about the script, and I'm thinking, yeah, his, his spirit was definitely in this little piece that I created. So, nice. so, and I didn't think about it before. So, shout out to Med, you know, and and his inspiration from above. All right, uh, and um, like, like I said last time you were on here, everyone, uh, if you're listening, go buy uh, his music. Yeah, uh, it's it's great. Yeah, yeah, uh, and Marcus you? is on a lot of it as well. Yeah, uh, yeah, absolutely. For I don't know, for over a day. No, 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 no. Way more than this. so. Since like uh, 2008, I've been uh, scratching on him. Yeah, about music, 12, about so 12 years, over a decade, time. like 12, 13 years. Yeah, well over a decade. Yeah. yeah. All right. Draw uh, this step away for a second. Um, I will probably be on uh, what's it, uh, movies from hell again around this time talking about non exploitation movies. I think that's when it is because I, I kind of bullied my way <laughs> uh, onto your show once that uh, uh, Bradley knew I like sleazy shit and then he mentioned non movies to someone else. And I was like, what the fuck? I have to be on when you talk about this. And so sure. I kind of forced my way onto that and I'll be <laughs> on uh, Mustachio Podcastio. Around this time, too, talking about uh, Fear of Blood, the um, uh, uh, Vincent Price movie. And besides that, check out my site, Red, Black, and Green, um, Celebration of African History. Uh, and, uh, uh, either reread old stuff or uh, this or something will be new. Uh, this research and uh, it kind of takes longer for writing about history and stuff like that and um my uh japanese cult cinema thing i don't know might be up and running again i'm not sure okay he said it's okay to uh end it all right i'm gonna stop recording the show can be found on twitter at piano player pod our email is still high and low pod at gmail.com you can find a show on spotify podbean and various other places where you can find podcasts our intro music is by vivian fop and our cover art is by sarah roberts you can find her art sarah and thank you for listening mm-hmm.